Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about voting. Catalonia is going to the polls next May 28th. Yes, it's a while away, but if you're a foreigner who's eligible to cast your ballot, you need to be registered much, much sooner. On today's podcast, we'll be explaining all the steps that you need to take to make sure you can vote. We'll also be looking at the polls, the parties and the potential outcomes. And we'll be hearing from one mayor who's been in post for 43 years. Well, we've got a full house today. The office is packed here. We've got Killian Shields. Hi, Killian. Logan, how are you? Christina Tomas-White. Hello, Christina. Hi. And for the first time, Maxime Van Cleven. Hi, Maxime. Yeah, it's great to be here. So we're talking about voting and Christina, well, you're a, you've got Spanish nationality, so yeah. you can you can vote to your heart's content. Uh-huh. Uh, Maxime, well, you're just passing through, aren't you? I'm just passing through. No voting for me this time. You'll be you'll be welcome back to back to Belgium by yeah, by the time these elections weeks, yeah. in a few weeks. OK, yeah. well, it's good to have you here. Killian, you're in a situation like myself. Yes, we're we resident are. here. Are you going to vote? Do you know if you can vote? Well, I did. I did know that I could vote. Um, thanks to... Thanks to my brilliant colleague, Christina Tomas-White. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, You're very welcome. So what, there was a bit you enlightened... Uh, uh, I, I just read an article. Ah, right. Okay. Which had the perfect link for me to click. I just mm-hmm. need to add in very little info of my own and bam, register to vote next May. Fantastic. Well, I'm not registered to vote, so <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to this podcast because I'll literally be asking the questions I want to know the answers to. You so. f- you'll find out. I've got one for you, though. Go for it. Do you remember, does anybody remember what they did for their 18th birthday? Uh, oh, I did. Yes, yes. I, I, vaguely. Vaguely. I, I had exams coming up, I remember, but yeah, it's kind of, yes. I had some classes later on. But for myself, I celebrated in the morning by going and registering to vote for the very first time because that was the deadline in the February 2011 Irish general election. There you go. So that's there what I go. did before so my you, class. You're all set. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. You've been waiting for years or you were just very excited to go? It, th- once they set the date, so I was like, bam, that's my whole birthday sorted. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Christina, it seems like you are the expert in who can vote then. Do you want, <laughs> to, en- do you want to enlighten us? <laughs> well, uh, where to begin? So when we're talking about uh, Spanish national elections, all Spanish nationals over the age of 18 can vote. When it comes to Catalan elections, it's all Spanish nationals who are registered in Catalonia. But when it comes to the local elections... Which is kind of the one we're looking yes, at now, yeah, right? May 28th. Um, it is all EU citizens as well as people from 13 different countries that well, have agreements with Spain. Okay, you've provided us with a handy list here. We've got Bolivia, Cape Verde, Chile, Colombia, South Korea... Ecuador, Iceland, Norway, New Zealand, Paraguay, Peru, the United Kingdom and Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, this means that there are quite a few people who can actually vote and who might not know that they're able to. In Barcelona, there are 150,000, over 150,000 people who fall into um, one of these categories. Yes, and in fact, it really seems to be, according to the local authorities, the amount of people who have actually registered to vote out of those who are actually able to is actually very small fraction. In the last municipal election in 2019, uh, only around 21% of EU residents and only 4.2% of residents 
president to come from one of the 13 countries that has an agreement. Uh, only this small percentage of people actually registered to vote. This is a slight increase on the previous election in 2015, but we're still talking about very few people who live here from other countries that actually go through the process. And I'm guessing if you didn't know you could vote this time around until Christina helpfully told you, then that means you must not have voted. La- I wasn't here last time, but you I think you were you here for the last election? I was, you yeah. Were. So yeah. You were. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, I guess maybe the deadline might have passed before I realised that uh, I could. Yeah. We're recording this six months in advance for a reason, you yeah, know, to yeah. make sure that this doesn't happen true, again true, to any, true. any poor soul out there. Well, well, in fact, Barcelona City Council, to be fair to them, are trying to get the word out that uh, people can vote. There's a campaign. If you live in Barcelona, you decide in Barcelona. Obviously, it's not just Barcelona. There's, you know, there's uh, literally hundreds of municipalities across Catalonia. Christina, how do people go about uh, registering to vote? Well, that will depend on whether you're from the EU or one of these 13 countries. Um, If you're from the EU, you should have been sent a form that's called the DFA form, I believe. I'm just rustling my sheet here, which arrived in the post. It has not been filled out yet, so I'm looking forward to you explaining to me what I need to do. So uh, fill it out and send it back to the address. It's that simple. Uh, You can also fill it out online at the National Statistics Institute uh, website if you have a digital ID, that's known as the clave ID. And you're going to need the CTT password that was included in the letter. I can see it here. I have to say, uh, you know, sometimes administrative tasks here are, you know, pretty difficult uh, to get your head around. But this sheet is mercifully short and it's also in three languages Catalan, Spanish and English as well which you know you don't always get the English option as well so it seems quite well you've gone through it Killian easy enough very easy in fairness yep. yeah okay now, so no that excuse. said I did have to get the, the clave pin sorted out at a previous date yeah. which I did true. years ago true I've done that's, that and that that's is, a bit of a process yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 okay and you have if you're from the EU you have until January 30th 2023 to do this that's the deadline but if you're from one of these 13 countries that can uh, that have an agreement with Spain to vote in local elections, there are three different categories that you can fall within. Um, so if you're from the UK, you need to have lived in Spain for at least three years on the day that you register in the census. If you're from Norway, it's three years on the day of the election. But if you're from any of the other 11 countries, you need to have uh, lived in Spain for five years on the day that you register. You'll also receive a letter in the mail, but it's a different form that you'll be getting from the Statistics Institute. It's called the C-E-R-E-N form. All you need to do is fill it out and send it back. But you can do this between December 1st, 2022 and January 15th. 2023. But earlier deadline for those ones. Right. How is it that people are able to prove that they've lived for three years? Well, you have to be registered in the Padre census in the town that you live in or city. And if anyone has any doubts or, you know, you've got the ID requirements and all of that in your article, Christina, which is? It's called How to Vote in the 2023 Local Elections if you're not a Spanish citizen. There you go. It worked for Killian. It can work for you. Maxime, this week you've been kind of looking then at how that compares here in Catalonia, how it compares to other places. I mean, starting off with, you're from Belgium, so what's the situation there? Um, Belgium is actually a good example of a European country um, because when it comes to people from the uh, European Union countries, they're free to vote on local and European elections. That's a European rule, like a European Union Yeah, we didn't mention European elections, I think, so that applies here too, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when it comes to um, people from outside of the European Union, it depends. There's a few strings attached. 
So you need to have lived in Belgium for five years already. You need to sign an oath of allegiance to the Belgian constitution. Wow, that's yes. that's interesting. Sounds fancy. I guess you've, and as a citizen, do you have to do that at some point? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. You, have, you don't remember? No. Maybe you were taken as a child? It and could be. Interesting. No, and um, you need to register to vote first. But um, there's no limits on which countries um, are uh, available to vote. Okay, so it's not like in, in Catalonia and Spain, we've seen that there was 13 specific countries that had an no, agreement. No, it's, no, no, it's, it's everyone. It's, more, it's a little bit more open. And how does that compare in general, looking across well, countries in the EU? Um, so about half of the uh, European Union states allow foreigners outside the EU to vote as well in local elections, um, not in national ones. That's something that doesn't occur in Europe. Um, but to give you some examples of um, how they do it in Europe, the countries in Northern Europe, they are pretty inclusive. Um, all between two and four years of residency is enough to be able to vote. Then some of the larger countries, such as Germany or France, they've been struggling on the topic. And they've been making efforts over the years to um, include foreigners, but it's difficult. There's always people holding them back, like the right-wing parties or the Senate, or sometimes the fact that it needs constitutional change. It's it's a big change uh, to pull off. Also, for example, in France, they've done polls in the past, and it turns out that a lot of the people living there, French people, don't want foreigners to be able to vote. Okay. So that makes it even more difficult. Kellyanne, do you know what it's like in Ireland? Yes, in Ireland you can vote in local elections as a foreigner regardless of the type of residence that you have. So that would include asylum seekers. If you haven't had a decision on your application made yet, you're able to take part in the in the voting process. Yeah, that's a, that's a unique case in Europe. Maybe to name one more, Portugal is actually very uh, similar to Spain's situation because they have certain agreements with countries. I think it's 11, mostly from South America, um, who can vote in local elections. Okay. And you mentioned earlier that within Europe, there's nowhere where uh, foreign nationals are able to vote in general elections. But there are some places around the world where that is the case. Yeah, it's actually very rare. Mm. I was surprised by this, but there's only four countries in the world who allow um, foreigners to vote in national elections. Um, New Zealand is the most inclusive one of them all because you only need to live there for one year to be able to vote. The other countries are Uruguay for 15-year residents, then Chile after five years and Malawi after seven years. So when I put this situation of Spain in perspective, it's not as surprising because you see it nowhere in Europe and almost nowhere in the world. Well, from the international, Malawi, New Zealand and uh, Chile, Uruguay, we're now going to the extreme local because, Kelly, you took a trip to a small town uh, called Torruella da Fluvia. Yes, I did. I did. I did. I went to this tiny little town up in the county of Alt Emporda, up in northern Catalonia, not far away from the coast. Allegedly, 700 or so people live there. Uh I spent the vast majority of a full day there and... I think I only saw about four or five people. I saw literally one shop in the entire town. Um, I, I suppose the thing is, like you know, we're t- we've we've mentioned the elections in Barcelona. We'll talk a bit more uh, soon about elections in different cities. But even these tiny little towns have their own election. And obviously, you were there to speak mm-hmm. to the mayor. 
I was indeed, yes. This is a man who has been serving the people for longer than any of us have been alive, who has won the last 11 municipal elections. There have only been 11 since the death of Franco and the restoration of democracy to this country. He has won literally every single one of them. Well, let's take a listen. This is Killian speaking to Pere Moradain. Pera Moradei, the socialist mayor of Torroella de Fluvia since 1979 and still to this day, says that life was far less complicated when he first took office. One of the biggest differences that he notices between now and 43 years ago is the increased level of bureaucracy. More documents are needed for everything. Reflecting on the biggest differences between today and when he first became mayor in the late 1970s, he believes that people didn't have as many needs as what they do now. Our lifestyles, as he views it, have gotten more expensive over time. Pere Moradei is just one of two remaining mayors that have been in the post since the first election. The other is Josep Vila from Fogars de la Selva, who has not yet revealed if he will run again. So how did it all start for one of the longest-serving public representatives in Catalonia? Well, at the age of around 24 or 25, he, as part of a youth club, decided to get together and, with a lot of excitement, get involved in the fledgling democracy of the country and form a part of the freedom that was arriving after the dictatorship. Franco died in 1975, and the first local elections after the return to democracy were held in 1979, which Moradei won. So what's the secret to staying on as mayor for such a long time? Well, Moradei says that there's always work to be done and always issues to be solved. He and his team go about their work with an attitude of always wanting to serve the people. His day-to-day life is now a bit quieter after he retired from his regular work as a farmer and he can now dedicate himself full-time to leading his council, as well as serving on a provincial board. His responsibilities are growing all the time, he says, indicating an increased workload. Despite this, he believes that we're currently in an era when mayors have as little power as they ever have, alluding to the increased layers of bureaucracy once again and listing the various different authorities that decisions have to be run by. Yet, part of his role is to have direct contact with many of the neighbours in his constituency and solve problems among neighbours. One of the good things about having such a small town is the fact that he can have a direct line of communication with the people that he serves. In fact, he says that he knows literally everybody who lives in the town. He describes the relationship as a family, although with the acknowledgement that plenty of families have problems and fights, but a family nevertheless. In the last election, Moradei won by one single vote, overcoming his challenger by 180 votes to 179, enough to give the socialists the majority in the council and see him re-elected for an 11th time. However, Moradei says that the slim margin was purely consequential, as he was in poor health at the time of the vote and wasn't in the position to do any campaigning. One of the curiosities about Moradei's job is the fact that he is mayor of a municipality that has three separated population nuclei, meaning that a lot of services are quite spread out. Added to the fact that Torroella de Fluvia's population has actually grown significantly over the course of Moradei's mayorship, he thinks that it has doubled or tripled in that time, and the town has grown in different directions as well, making it a little bit more difficult to join up all of the services. 
done. So, 11 elections in the bag already, and Moraday has his sights set on 12. He'll be running once again next May, and believes that he'll be part of a strong showing from the Catalan Socialist Party. Our thanks to Pera Moradel. He won by one vote. I know he was, you know, he, he, he has his reasons, his rationale for it, but uh, still one vote, you know, still pretty, pretty tight. Could you imagine if you were planning on voting against him and you just, for one reason or another, decided to not bother going to the polls that day? That's it. That's democracy. That's why you need to get registered, folks. Um, there are 947 municipalities in Catalonia. It's kind of impossible, obviously, to talk about <laughs> every one of them but we're going to try and give a little bit of a kind of a general picture and talk especially maybe about some of the bigger cities I mean Barcelona is an obvious one Well, we start with Barcelona like what could happen there at the minute we've got uh, Ada Colau who's been in power since 2015 and she was the mm-hmm. first woman to become mayor of Barcelona and kind of on the back of this left wing anti-austerity wave at the time um, are her days numbered or what do we think how's it looking Well, she's certainly running anyway. Uh, Could be the last time that she runs. But yeah, it definitely seems like every citywide survey that's run every six months, her ranking and popularity among the residents, it does seem to be like slightly going down and going down every time. The last of these, she was given her worst results, actually. Only 4.1%. While the deputy mayor, Jaume Coiboni, which will probably be one of her biggest rivals for the mayor, he's of the Socialist Party, he got a 4.7, so out of, slightly better. Out of 10. Out of 10. Out of 10. Indeed. And I, I suppose we should say, actually, in the last election, Colau's party wasn't the biggest party, but she was the one that was able to get the most votes to become mayor as well. So there's, there's that. There's always these little, mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. might be the Esquerra biggest party. got more votes. Esquerra, who are the governing party in, in the Catalan parliament, but they weren't able to phone a, form a coalition in Barcelona enough to to get the mayorship. Yes, exactly. That's a very good point, actually, to keep in mind. Uh, Colau's party, Barcelona in Comú, they've got a long track record of working with the socialists and Colau's very, very keen to complete these, what she calls, transformative projects that are already underway. We're talking about things like the Superias, the transformation of Villa Laetana, La Rambla as well, in fact, you know, being a bit more pedestrianised, being a bit more broad, Mm -hmm. giving back to to the citizens, the locals, rather than the tourists. More green space in the city, fewer cars. So these are things that are only really getting underway under Kalao's mayorship that she wants to see out with another four years in office. Uh-huh. You mentioned super years. Just in case you don't know, those are the super blocks where, you know, they're kind of cutting some streets to traffic and kind of making the place a bit greener and, and more pedestrian and bicycle friendly and things like that. Uh, anything else interesting in Barcelona? Um, yeah, I think it's important to take a look at the other potential candidates. Um, Ernest Maragall, who's a bit of a veteran for Esquerra Republicana, who actually got the most votes, as we just said. Uh, he's going to go for it. Um, Ovradjuntz, the former mayor of Barcelona, has announced that he'll be running again. Xavier Trias, who was in the position with the old Convergencia party from 2011 to 2015, right before the then unknown newcomer, Adacolao, came on the scene. And I also saw another story that really piqued my interest, that the former FC Barcelona president, Sandro Rossi, he's even considering going for it as well, which that'll be a story. Okay, zooming out a little bit from Barcelona, we've got the metropolitan area. And of course, every municipality, every town has its own thing going on. But the general picture is often that the socialists are kind of number one and Esquerra are kind of number two. 
I mean, if you look at big cities like uh, L'Hospitalet, which is right next to Barcelona, they have a socialist mayor. Uh, in Terrassa, they used to have a socialist mayor, but he left the party and formed his own party called Tutpat Terrassa. I mean, that's a very good example of how, like at local elections, you can get individuals who have these big personal votes and people don't just go down party lines. They'll be like, oh, no, I like this guy as mayor. If he's splitting from the party, I'm going to vote for him, not the party. Yeah, it's a much more individual game, isn't it, rather than a general policy game, isn't it? Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen the latest polls for uh, the Catalan parliament elections that say, that well, the socialists are going to do very well. The Junts per Catalunya that were in the government that came out of the government seem to be dropping a little bit. But that's not to say at, at the, these local elections that are still obviously six months away, it's not to say that we'll see that pattern kind of manifest itself. Badalona is always interesting. Badalona, just north of Barcelona. It's pretty Gifre's not here, of course. He's from Badalona. He would have he would give us the rundown, but it's an interesting one, Killian. <laughs> it is certainly an interesting one. That's one word for it. <laughs> Barcelona's bad it's, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 very chaotic, to be honest, up in the town hall of Badalona. Ever since the last election. Only three years ago, three and a half years ago, we've had numerous mayorship changes. At the moment, it's a socialist mayor, Ruben Guijarro. But in the last couple of years, we've also had from the People's Party, the right-wing People's Party, we should say, as opposed to the le- more left-leaning socialists, we've had the Xavier Garcia Albiol. He was ousted after being named in the Pandora Papers. But previously, immediately after the past election, we had Alex Pastor of the Socialist Party, who ended up stepping down after he was caught driving drunk in Barcelona city centre. During lockdown. During lockdown. Albiol is actually really popular. So even though he was ousted uh, back because of the Pandora Papers, he still could win the next election. And moving away from Barcelona metropolitan area... Uh, Killian, you were looking at Girona as well. Yeah, so normally up there in the north end of Catalonia would be would be a bit of a Junt stronghold. Uh, and indeed, the Junt um, political party under various different names have been in power in the local council in Girona ever since 2011. The current mayor is Marta Madrenas, but she is not standing again. She's been there since 2016, but she's going to be out after the next election. We don't yet know who is going to replace her, but there is a possibility that a former minister, Gemma Jace, could be a candidate. Running them very tightly will be Guanyem, who came second in the last election, not very far behind. So you've kind of got a battle in Girona between two pro-independence forces, mm-hmm. uh, but quite radically different politically. One, one on the right left, and one, 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 one very much on the left. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. Uh, so each little, each each town, each city, each municipality has its own battles going on. What about uh, Lleida and Tarragona, Christina? They're both kind of similar, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they both, um, it's it's pretty close neck to neck between Esquerra and the Socialists. Um, in Lleida, you have Junts slightly behind and then in Tarragona, you have Ciudadans and Junts slightly behind. Last time, Ciudadans, Ciudadanos as well uh, in Spanish, were slightly behind. This time they're kind of expected to kind of mm, uh, do yeah. a lot worse than last time. They haven't been doing well for a while. No, in the general elections and stuff. Maybe we should just point out as well that these projections that we have, we're kind of basing this on the last election results as well. So there yeah. hasn't really been polling. We're just kind of looking at the previous results and trying to see how that trend could go. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. I do love a good election. Fascinating to see how it turns out. And there's, as you say, all these little 
battles to kind of um, you know examine as 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 we, as we go along as the as the counting comes in. Twenty eighth of May is the date uh, the local elections are happening. Actually, happening all across Spain as well, and regional elections in several autonomous communities as well. So that's going to give us a good indication as to what could happen in the next Spanish general election because that's not too far away at all. That's next towards the end of next year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no later than December tenth. There we go. And speaking of dates, uh, one final reminder: if you want to vote, those foreigners who are eligible to vote in the local elections, Christina. Yes, if you're from the EU, you have until January thirtieth, which is my birthday. Just so you remember. Oh, well, we're going to remember that. I'm going to thank oh, it's Christina's birthday. Oh, I haven't registered to vote. You better. <laughs> and if you're from one of the thirteen countries, you have until January fifteenth. Okay. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Christina? Ambulica cafafor. Something strong? I didn't quite catch. No, you're going to have to explain it to me. Ambulica. Ambulica is to rap. Okay. Because it makes you stronger, rap I guess. Rap to make strong. And what does it mean? Uh, it means that the situation a situation is becoming more complicated. Situ- oh, okay, so it's kind of all getting more difficult, rapped. yes. Ambulica cafafor. Ambulica cafafor. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much again to Pera Moradel. Uh, good luck to him and to all candidates standing in the municipal elections. Thanks very much to the three of you for joining me. Thank you, Maxine. It's yeah, good to have you. It first time. Yeah. Uh, thanks uh, as well to Killian and Christina. Good seeing you again as well. Thank you very much, Lorcan. We'll be back again next Saturday, which is Christmas Eve, with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Hello and happy Christmas. Mm-hmm.